This podcast is proudly presented by Patagonia. Not bound by convention, Patagonia is in business to save our home planet. It's 2023 and modern climbers are more accomplished than ever. And we don't just mean on the wall. Patagonia has always seen the value in being bold, whether it means pushing high points or having the audacity to demand more for our planet. So what's it mean to be a strong climber? Full commitment to the sport and to our communities. It means not just working towards futuristic first ascents, but also a better future. And we aren't going to get there alone. For Patagonia's 50th year, we're looking forward, not back. And together, we can prioritize purpose over profit to protect this planet. Get involved, read stories to get you out there, and join a community that values what we do off the wall as much as we do on. Find out more at patagonia.com slash climbing. We get support from Deuter, one of the leading backpack brands that will help you hit the trails with confidence and comfort. But most importantly, your snacks. Founded in 1898, Deuter believes in fit, comfort, and working in the long term to offset CO2 emissions by teaming up with Climate Partner to invest in social and climate offset projects worldwide for select product, including their guide and ver trail climbing packs. Deuter packs are PFC-free, meaning no forever chemicals, and they honor their promised life time warranty since their packs were meant to be on your back and not in landfills. So you can focus on way cooler things like puppies, pocket bacon, and getting sendy, whether at the crag or in the Alpine. Today we're going to talk about Ali. Ali means come on in a way or to encourage. Okay, we are done with the simple and normal uses of Ali. Now let's cut to the chase. LA Outdoor Personal Care products are made by climbers for those who love the outdoors. Their rich and repairing ingredients for their skincare collection are inspired by desert landscapes, and their simple and recyclable packaging makes them eco-sustainable. LA commits to protecting the open spaces that we love by partnering with the Access Fund and 1% for the Planet. That's LA Outdoor, A-L-L-E-Z. LA Outdoor, made by climbers for those who love the outdoors. Who is Otsun? More than prolific crack climbing gloves, Otsun has been making innovative gear engineered for climbing to improve your performance since 1998. Their climbing shoe designs are all original, developed and manufactured in Czech Republic, and 100% gender neutral. Beyond their sticky rubber, Otsun is renowned for their hardware, harnesses, and the biggest, lightest crash pad on the market. Find your new favorite climbing shoes and accessories at Backcountry, Moose Jaw, Camp Saber, and Amazon. From the day that I started climbing, my life totally changed. There is no way that I can. Nobody knows our future, but right now I don't think anything can keep me away from climbing. Sport, speed, polar, I don't have preference at all. I cannot pick any discipline. It's like climbing is uh, as part of me. And from the day that I start climbing, I feel that I was part of that sport. If I need to heal, if I have some illness, if I have something that I need to figure it out, I need to go climbing. And that's the, that's the healing part. For me, myself, as a climber, as a like, resident of Iran, a citizen of Iran, I fight like people in the street. 
So I already put some posts in the social media that make me part of this revolution that I cannot go back home anymore. Since these guys are ruling the government, I knew that they're looking for me. But, but I, I don't feel any scaredness. Uh, I don't scare. Being their voice is the big part. So I fight and I do social media. I connected with the families back in Iran. I tried to be their voice and connected with the lots of running news. And their voice is already out, but they need to be very, very louder. So what I really, really like uh, from you guys, everybody here this podcast, is to go do a small thing. It's like share one post. It's like reshare them, reshare the story. Just say something. Just like a post. Anything you can do to be their voice. Because climbers in Iran, they're in danger. Okay, I'm on. You are listening to the Love of Climbing podcast. It's a funny sense of uncomfortable violence. I was like, wow, this is the opposite of my podcast, but you know, here we go. <laughs> I'm Alex Honnold, and you're listening to For the Love of Climbing. Is it to the, or to, do you say to For the Love of Climbing podcast? I'm Alex Honnold, and you're listening to For the Love of Climbing podcast. Yeah, yeah, I see it. You're listening to For the Love of Climbing podcast. This is not a climbing podcast. Well, sort of. It's a funny, sad, and somewhat uncomfortable podcast about choosing vulnerability. Here's the show. <laughs> Easy cheesy. Hey, a quick heads up. This episode briefly mentions sexual violence, violence, and abuse as it delves into some of the current news happening in Iran through the lens of Amin Abbasi, climber and IFCS route setter based here in the United States. This podcast supports the Iranian people's struggle for human rights since the introduction of Islam as a form of governance in 1979 and acknowledges the fact that the regime's greatest victims are the Iranian people. There's a lot to say about what's happening in this particular corner of the world, and we proudly share Amin's story with the hope to spread knowledge, foster compassion, and instill hope. Additional source and resource links can be found in the episode transcript online. This episode was recorded in December of 2022. My name is Amin Abbasi, and uh, I was born and grew up in Iran uh, back in 1983. So I immigrated to U.S. in uh, 2017 to be with my wife and my family in here. I started working with Momentum Climbing Gym in Houston, Texas, uh, back in 2017. And uh, I worked for them for five years and moved to Austin, February 2022, to start working with Mesorem as a head route setter on the new location. I'm pretty active. And uh, I'm a good dad, I believe, <laughs> and fun to work with, I believe. What do you think someone would say your best qualities are? Uh, I don't know, you should ask them first, uh, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, might be uh, hard to say, I don't know. Uh, always laughing, uh, try to see the good direction of the life. 
and uh, and ignore the ignore the bad things and like negative I was born in Shiraz south of Iran one of the big city of Iran uh, it's about like 3 3.5 million population and uh, the city is very nice and uh, surrounded by mountain is a climbing area everywhere ocean about like 3 hours away it's like very very cute city uh, so i grew up in i can say very very <laughs> busy family i have 6 siblings so i grew up in very busy house so i never had my own room and my parents was always open to help us to share uh, whatever they have and uh, i started climbing when i was 14 a like uh, <laughs> very very small wall 12 by 12 feet that's it straight nothing on it some holes and what that was a climbing gym back in 25 years ago so i got really involved and picked up for the regional divisional and they got to the national pretty quick after a year being able to travel and get away from parents sibling and be myself and visit different city, different community, different climbing gym. I loved it. And uh, I got my uh, podium in Asian championship after two years start climbing. So keep going. I tried, I tried to stay and I, I love climbing. Amin started climbing in 1997. Lynn Hill had just freed the nose on El Cap four years prior and legends like Katie Brown and Chris Sharma rose to fame in 95. Climbing was taking off in the 90s, and news spread around the world from Yosemite Valley to Fontainebleau to the Great Trango Towers. But little was known about the climbing in Iran. This sport has deep roots and a storied history across the globe, originating in the early days of mountaineering before it began focusing more on technical difficulty. In the 1950s, American climbers became known for establishing first ascents in Yosemite, which marked a huge turning point as free climbing became more and more common. By the 60s, ascents in the Alps and Himalayas were making the headlines, and this was considered the dawn of rock climbing as a global sport. Nestled in the Middle East somewhere, Iran was no exception to the climbing boom. At the height of summer, you can hit the alpine of Tokal Mountain, located to the north of Tehran. And during the winter months, it's ski and ice climbing season. Iran's outdoor recreation and climbing scene, while hidden underneath a heavy veil of politics, has always thrived. And everything from bouldering to big walls to even ski mountaineering exists in this out-of-the-limelight location. Climbing in Iran is way different than any other country, I can say, because uh, Iran is under sanction because of the government and like what they do. And if you come to Iran and visit a climbing gym, you're gonna be surprised. It's, everything is different. The walls, holds, volume, the layout, like the climbing gym itself, they're all local and the, the quality since it's like sanctioned, right? So the quality is way, very, very low. I've worked for a couple of gyms. I know like they store lots of old holes and volume. Those are the best quality that you can find in Iran. How I learned to climb and how I, I think I'm good at climbing is because of outdoor climbing. So we have lots of outdoor climbing in the city. It's like 15 minutes by bike. You don't need to drive. You like get your bike and go wherever you want. 
three miles of walls, it's like in the alley, right in the middle of the city. And that's how I learned to climb and how I can see like different dimension and all different uh, angles. And uh, so since I'm a I'm obviously routed there. I used to travel a lot in Asia to see lots of gym, but still it's very different in the US. It's like the industry here is like uh, more like the entertainment industry, like martial art, right? You need to be passionate about martial art to find out or like basketball, volleyball, but like climbing these days, especially in the US, is like it's for everyone. Uh, in the weekend you want to go somewhere with your family and like it's easy to find out like a bowling place or like jumping place or go to the climbing gym so it's like it's for everyone right you can go yoga you can go fitness and you can do climbing for all different ages and uh, it's blown my mind so immigrate here and like seeing the gym in the US it surprised me a lot so wow every time I walk to the gym back in like 2017 it's like wow how it's possible how much we're behind how we can get to this point so uh i traveled back to iran a couple times i tried to adopt some stuff since i still have a connection back in there but very hard very hard to ship something back to iran and like find out good material to build volume to build holes and build walls it's still very hard it's getting worse and worse It's the government. It's the, it's the government. I don't know if you want me to go to the politics. I'm happy to go. So the, the politics in Iran is it's in uh, religion, right? So it's a religion country, power by Islam. And Islam is from 1400 years ago. And uh, they still try to adopt those rules from 1400 years ago today so it doesn't work but they're very strict about that and they said this is the book said this is the holy book said and we, we have to follow that and I don't know if you follow the news these days so people are in the street and they're fighting all the time they're getting murdered but I don't think they're gonna step back and I'm, I'm the part of that people and I'm gonna fight and fight and get that country back, hopefully. That's the goal and I believe that we can reach that goal sooner than later. In 2022, an unprecedented protest against the Islamic Republic system rocked the country and the world. Protests began in the Kurdish area and spread quickly to other cities globally. Demonstrators took to the streets and have called for the end of women's subjugation as well as the end of the regime. Leading scholar Dr. Tamar Ilam Gindin asks that we make no mistake. The current protests are not about the hijab, but because of an event related to the hijab, many of which have since been removed and burned in protest. Protesters aren't just demanding freedom to dress as they wish. They're demanding complete liberation from the oppressive yoke of the Islamic Republic. Video recordings showing violent arrests prompted Iranian government to cut off mobile internet, WhatsApp, and Instagram. A reformist pundit once likened social media to an underprivileged province, stating that social media in Iran is like a province with a population of 50 million people. People whose trust in the government wanes every day. As that trust corrodes, anger rises. That's the crux. So that's why, that's why we're gonna end up with revolution.
these days is my job and it's my focus to be their voice because every day every news is killing us this morning i woke up in 3 a.m today my routine is like every night I, I wake up a couple times to check my keys and running news, social media. I found out that they executed the second person from the protest this morning, which is uh, night in Iran. And even after execution, it's hard to get the body from the government. They don't want to show the body. They're going to bury that body and like make sure there's no picture. And these things is not, not getting people scared these days. They, they give them more courage. These things that Amin is talking about, they're scary, fucked up things. And they're also very real. One of the scariest parts is to know that an entire country and its people are being silenced. Social media has been beneficial in spreading news and keeping friends and family informed. It's helped keep Amin in the loop and plays a crucial role in news consumption. But there's a need to practice caution within that as well. So another thing is very important is we don't want war. So we don't want another Iraq or another Lebanon or another Afghanistan to happen in Iran. So one thing uh, people can uh, be aware of if they hear or share some news, even in New York Times, they need to go through that and make sure that's true. So I, I, I read the article in New York Times about like morality police in Iran got canceled or this kind of stuff, which is not real at all. It's just some rumors. So don't trust that people. Any step that they made, they're not trustable. They're killer. They kill people with no document. They don't let United Nations to come into Iran and like review and see and like watch the people because they know that they're doing the wrong thing. And because of the sanction these days, hard to send anything to Iran, but like there are people looking for money. There are people looking for drugs. There are people looking for clothes and they have some connection to send them so there are some ways and if you're willing to help we're making a, a small post like those famous athletes that's super helpful that i i'm looking for i'm like trying to connect because most of my friends they're all athletes they're like highliner climber biker like bike riders like very professional athletes, they got arrested and they need immediate help. Is there a direct impact if like a lot of posts exactly. get shared, like with Elnaz? So I'm in contact with Elnaz somehow and it helped her a lot and save her life and her family. She's safe back home and she stayed there, but I know she's struggling a lot, like emotionally, and I know she's still, she's still in trouble. So she's not using social she's media? She's not using all. social media, you'll, you'll, you'll find out, you see, she's not around because she's under lots of pressure and she wants to do something, but she cannot. I know this stuff by talking to my resources back to Iran, pretty close to Elnaz. Maybe Elnaz itself, I don't want to say that. But that social media post and that people who made it to the airport to support Elnaz that exact day saved her life. So they couldn't even touch her. And same thing with the other athletes. So if we make that voice 
louder, they cannot touch them. Yeah, people show up. Six months ago today, 22-year-old Masa Amini was arrested by Iran's feared morality police. Her alleged crime? Violating the country's strict dress code. She died days later in the hospital. Her family say she had been beaten. Police have denied this. But for many Iranians, especially young women, this was a tipping point. Amini's death set into motion a chain of extraordinary events that have rocked the Islamic Republic to its core. Following Amini's funeral, Iranian women began to show their solidarity by ripping off their headscarves in protest. Within a week, it became clear that this was the most serious challenge to face the Islamic Republic since its inception in 1979. For four decades, the theocratic regime has ruthlessly enforced strict rules on Iran's population, with the hijab, mandatory for Iranian women, becoming a cornerstone of the regime's hold over the people. Making scenes like this one all the more astonishing. Women defiantly setting their headscarves on fire and cutting their hair in public as crowds chant, women, life, freedom. Crowds of young men and even school children have taken part, an unprecedented display of unity. The government's reaction was nothing short of brutal. Security forces have fired live rounds at unarmed protesters. Skirmishes became daily events across Iran. At least 522 people have been killed, according to the US-based human rights group HRANA, including 70 minors. More than 20,000 arrests have been made, 100 of those on charges that can lead to a death sentence. At least four have been executed so far. These tactics have in some way paid off. For now, the protests have largely subsided, but already it's clear that there's been a fundamental cultural shift in Iran. Many women across the country refuse to wear the hijab, something that would have been unthinkable only seven months ago. Most recently, a crisis after thousands of schoolgirls reported symptoms of being poisoned across Iran, sparking further unease and anger amongst an already exhausted population. The authorities in Iran are trying to restore a semblance of normality. But for most Iranians, their country has turned into a dystopia, just to give you an idea of just how they wrapped up a lot of these protests, Amnesty International published a report today after they've spoken to many, many witnesses in Iran, and they detailed horrific acts of violence and torture against children using beating, sexual assault, rape, electrocution against minors as young as 12 years old. So they used absolutely brutal tactics to bring those protests to an end, but it's left deep emotional and and physical scars on much of the population and many people are wondering when this will flare up again. The war between people and the government and I know that government they're not gonna step back because of the holy book based off their own philosophy and I I know more people are gonna die because that government they're not part of the community, they're not part of the people. They're like small amount of people that make rules and they don't care. They put their like uh, machine gun in the street and they kill people easily. They don't care at all. So that's what I know is gonna happen. 
and it's gonna be more and more but people are not gonna step back so these days people are getting strong and stronger and they try to change that scare feeling to make them courage now it's like everything gets super close you can feel them you can feel that every people that you talk to that i talk to and that every people in the street you see that courage is getting spread out we're gonna take a short break we'll be back Patagonia makes high-performance gear for climbing. From cragging essentials like the Kaliza and Venga rock pants to the redesigned Nano Air Light hybrid hoodie that keeps you comfortable when you're working hard in cold conditions. All of Patagonia's technical climbing products are designed and tested in partnership with their ambassador team. They're made to move, built to endure, and designed to have the lightest footprint possible. And like everything Patagonia makes, they're backed by a lifetime ironclad guarantee. Visit patagonia.com slash climbing to see the latest. We get support from BetterHelp to connect you to licensed therapists. They'll match you with the perfect therapist for a fraction of the cost of traditional therapy. You know who goes to therapy? Prince Harry, Emma Stone, Jenny Slate, Kesha, therapy is beautiful. Everyone should go to therapy. Go to betterhelp.com slash climbing to sign up and receive 10% off your first month. It helps support the show and it helps support you. The difference between this revolution, that I'm going to call it revolution, the difference between this one from the all other revolution happened in the world, it's ruled by women. And the full hashtag, which is women, life, freedom. So women is not full person in Iran. So they're half person. That's so crazy, right? 2022. So in any kind of law, anything in Islam, women are half. So if you want to get your share from your parents, you're going to get half and your brother is going to get full. If you want to go and divorce your husband, you cannot do that. That's their rule. That's men rule. Last 40 years, people in Iran, especially women, was so patient and they get pressured, push, push, and they was quiet and silent. It's going to get better next year. But get opposite every year every year everything got worse and worse and now it's like economic wise culture wise anything you can imagine it's like we're so behind so that's what happened in iran last 40 years iran is a very very rich country i believe second country on oil and gas and they have lots of resources but people suffering i can say one or two percent of the full 80 90 million people in iran they're okay but the rest are suffering because all those money go to the government to spread slum in different countries not in their own country they feed different people but they don't care about their own children and this point which is last 70 80 days ago everyone protesting and it's not one city anymore it's not one age and now it's like every community every people not just women everyone in the country small short elementary school kids they take off their hijab 
So you can't imagine like your seven years old kid, seven years old girl, you want to send them to school and you have to wear hijab and don't let them to shine. Last 40 years, they tried so hard, but didn't work. Now they're all in the street. They're so brave and strong. It's like they take off their hijab and like they open their hands in the middle of the school, in the middle of the street, right in front of the army guard and like hit me. I don't know, dude, it's like so encouraging. So I don't know how strong they are. It's like they're, they're my hero. They're the biggest hero I ever had. They're so strong, those people right now in, in the street. Yeah, you, like I said, it's like 3 a.m. in the morning, you open your cell phone and see like the other person's got executed. It's like, God, what they're doing? You know, it's like, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not sad at all. Uh, I can say, uh, I'm more angry, like the most of people in Iran. I don't want to sit down and like cry and like fear from these guys. If I didn't have those two kids, 100% I travel back to Iran to stand with my people in the middle of the street. Still I'm here, I do my best right here to be their voice. And uh, like you said, like Elnaz Rekabi, what happened to Elnaz? But not enough. That's what we need to happen to, to all people in Iran. Women, life, freedom. That's, that's what, what people want in Iran. Visit GoFundMe.com slash MyShare for freedom to support those who have been directly affected during the Woman Life Freedom Movement. That's GoFundMe.com slash MyShare, the number four, freedom. Find Amin on Instagram at Amin Abbasi. That's A-M-M-I-N-A-B-B-A-S-I. Contact him if you're willing and able to further amplify the voice of the Woman Life Freedom Movement. You're listening to For the Love of Climbing podcast. A huge thank you to Deuter, one of the leading backpack brands that will help you hit the trails with confidence and comfort. A big shout out to LA Outdoor for supporting the Access Fund and 1% for the planet. And to Otsun, innovative gear engineered for climbing to improve your performance. And thanks to Patagonia, not bound by convention, Patagonia is in business to save our home planet. Support companies who support this podcast. We couldn't do it without them. If you liked what you heard, you can leave a review on iTunes or give us a like. Like all good things, you can find us on the internet.